When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, James Lynch here doing the Fightful uh, post-fight show for the Liddell Ortiz card, which just finished up a few minutes ago here on uh, Fight TV. Uh, of course, I am, uh, like I said off the top, James Lynch filling in for Sean Rossap, who normally does these post-fight shows. Sean may be joining us tonight, but uh, if he doesn't, I'll be uh, carrying the ship here. We will be recapping uh, Liddell Ortiz 3, as well as the UFC Beijing card. And I know a lot of you are in the chat right now wanting to get some questions answered. I will try to get to those as I'm recapping this card. Um, and if you guys can uh, just take a moment here quickly to subscribe to our Fightful MMA and Boxing channel. It's very new. Uh, go go check that out. You'll find all my fighter interviews over there as well as Carlos Toro's uh, interviews and uh, reports and everything else over there on the Fightful MMA and Boxing channel. So I want to give a quick plug to that. But we just wrapped up the card. Tito Ortiz uh, getting the first round finish over Chuck Liddell. Uh, the score is now at 2-1 to one, Chuck Liddell uh, to Tito Ortiz. And I don't think this is anything surprising. Uh, you know, Chuck Liddell coming back to the sport uh, with about an eight-year layoff, uh, he is you know currently forty-eight years old. Um, this this was a fight I think a lot of people felt shouldn't have been shouldn't have been sanctioned, uh, and and it certainly looked that way uh, in the early going of the fight. You know, Chuck Liddell clearly not the same fighter he was that we saw years ago. Um, you know, back in 2011, 2010, uh, when he was competing last. So, um, yeah, Tito Ortiz gets his first uh, TKO victory since uh, I was tweeted it out there. October of 2006, the last time he finished a fighter was Ken Shamrock. Uh, so Tito getting the win here and, uh, you know, getting a win in the in the trilogy here, in the trilogy matchup. But uh, clearly a fight that, uh, you know, had a lot of controversy heading into it just with the fact people felt like this shouldn't have been sanctioned. You know, Liddell, like I said, 48 years old, Tito Ortiz, also getting up there in age as well and, uh, you know, took some time off saying that he was retired after his last fight. So it was one of those things. But, uh, you know, early on in the fight, uh, Tito really wasn't afraid to be aggressive. Uh, you know, if you watch the previous two fights, Chuck was the aggressor. We didn't see that tonight. Chuck was backing up a lot. And uh, really, uh, you know, I know t- at times he likes to counter, but um, some of the shots he was throwing, it was about at 50% of what we used to see him uh, throwing as well. So, um, you know, just not a great performance here for Chuck Liddell. But we knew this. I mean, the age, the layoff, we weren't expecting anything uh, crazy here in the fight. And, uh, you know, Tito Ortiz heading into this fight, a minus 355 favorite on the betting lines. Not surprising to see him get the win here tonight. Um, but good for Tito Ortiz. You know, this was uh, this was sort of the one thing. You know, he kept losing against Chuck Liddell early on, and he was able to land this fight. And, uh, you know, a lot of interesting things just not only with the fight, with the fact that Tito gets a finish, but also post-fight. You know, Tito encouraging Chuck to still fight. Tito kind of putting a challenge out there to other fighters to join Golden Boy Promotions. I don't know how this card's going to do on on uh, the numbers in terms of the pay-per-view buys. It seemed like there was a decent amount of people who watched it tonight, but again, is that legal streaming? Is that, you know, we, we don't know. We'll have to see what the numbers are, but it certainly didn't look like it was promoted too well leading into the into the card. So we'll see if there will be another show. But the reason I bring that up is because Tito, after the card, chimes in and says basically that he feels that uh, he wants to see other fighters join Golden Boy, uh, you know, change things around a little bit. Of course, he's referencing the UFC where, of course, they have, you know, the sponsorships and other limitations that fighters have in terms of making, uh, you know, a full amount of money here. So we'll have to see what the pay scale is. I believe, uh, you know, people are talking about Jerron Wynn and Tom Lawler, which I'll talk about in a second, getting about 25000 each for their fight. So that's decent money. But uh, I think really encouraging sort of the other fighters to, to come in and join Golden Boy, which is this new model, which is, you know, the fighter are sort of running the show rather than the promotion. So I thought that was interesting. But uh, Tito Ortiz, uh, you know, like I said, getting a uh, getting his second win. He's now won uh, four of his last five fights. Um, the only loss there to Liam McGeary for the title back in 2015. He's got wins over Chuck Liddell and Chell Sonnen now. So quite interesting here. We're talking about a win uh, for Tito Ortiz over Chuck Liddell. Um, you know, let me know what you guys think about the card. We'll definitely uh, get some uh, feedback uh, once I sort of get to the rest of the card here. Um, but let's get to the uh, the co-main event here. Jerron Wynn getting a win over Tom Lawler. Jerron Wynn, if he looks familiar, you would have seen him on the Ultimate Fighter briefly. He was an assistant coach for Daniel Cormier. He trains in American Kickboxing Academy. Kind of looks like Daniel Cormier in terms of his stature. 5'7". I don't know the last time we've seen a 5'7". Light heavyweight uh, compete at 205 pounds, uh, but he got the win over Tom Lawler. Good win for him. Um, you know, Deron wins talking about how 
you know, he's this big superstar after this fight. I, I don't think that was really the case, uh, you know, getting the win here tonight, but it certainly helped. I mean, I think there were questions about Duran win heading into this matchup. He was a highly toted prospect, comes from a very decorated wrestling background. Would he be able to take on a veteran in Lawler? And he did. This was a good win. He battered uh, Lawler up there with the stand-up. Uh, you know, he used the takedowns when he needed to, obviously reverting to that wrestling. We know that Lawler's had trouble with wrestlers. His last fight before this one was against Corey Anderson, where he's basically out-wrestled the entire fight. So, uh, But again, it should be pointed out, Lawler had a two-year layoff heading into the heading into tonight. So, you know, the win is good for Duran Win, pun intended. But uh, nonetheless, I think that... Um, you know, we, we need to see more of him before we start, you know, saying that he's this, you know, really hot prospect. So we'll see. He claims he's a free agent. So I guess, uh, you know, he's not with Bellator. His fight before that was with Bellator. So I thought that was interesting. But uh, just the whole fight, I, you know, he was in control. It was really just the stand-up. He was really winning those exchanges, really landing those power shots. Um, I know some people have suggested him going down to middleweight because he is so small. Uh, you know, that's a possibility. But maybe he has more power at 205 pounds. We'll see. Um, but Deron Wynn getting the win here, 5-0 and in his career. Um, we'll see what's next for him, but uh, definitely someone that's intriguing. The only thing I will point out about Deron as well, um, it's not like he's super young. He's 29 years old. So, I mean, you know, uh, if he's going to make a run, he's got to do it now because, uh, you know, certainly not getting any younger. And for Tom Lawler, um, you know, who knows if he wants to continue fighting. He's 35 years old, two straight losses now. I know he's focused more on the pro wrestling, as you, you guys will know here on Fightful. He's uh, you know doing a lot of great work with pro wrestling. So maybe he decides to hang it up for, for MMA and just stick with the wrestling. But that's sort of where he goes with that. Um, other than that, Gleason Tebow getting a Gleason Tebow style decision over Efren Escadero. This actually had its moments in the fight. Uh, you know, there were, there were certainly some times where uh, this was quite entertaining. But, you know, typical fight for Gleason Tebow, you know, showing that he still has some gas left in the tank in terms of, uh, you know, what he was able to accomplish in the cage there. Efren Escadero, uh, you know, fighting for, uh, I think he was PFL before this and, uh, you know, comes out there, puts on a pretty decent showing. But, uh, you know, he has his two fight win streak snapped uh, in this one. So, uh, you know, not a bad fight to have on the main card. And then, of course, um, you know, also on the main card, we had uh, Ricky uh, Palacios butchering that a little bit. But he climbed to 11-1. and one. Uh, He's a guy I'm not sure why has not gotten more of a uh, call-up for, uh, you know, some of the bigger promotions. I know he did fight for Bellator uh, and he fought on the uh, Contender Series. Sorry, I didn't fight for Bellator. He fought on the Contender Series. That's what I was uh, getting mixed up with. But uh, he looks like a pretty decent uh, guy here, uh, you know. 31 years old, 10 and one or 11 and one record now, getting the win over a UFC veteran and uh, YL Watson. Um, so this was a good win. Um, so, you know, uh, making short work here, getting the first round finish on uh, this one. So uh, Ricky Palicios, um, you know, get, getting the job done here. Who knows what's next for him? Maybe he stays with Golden Boy. Maybe he goes to one of those bigger promotions there. Not much to say, though, about that fight either. And then uh, you got to feel, feel uh, sorry, you got to feel a feel for uh, Albert Morales on this uh, in this card. Um, the UFC veteran having his first fight since being cut from the UFC, he takes on James Barnes and he gets submitted in the third round. And then he proposes to his girlfriend after the fight. Um, I don't think he planned to lose the fight and propose, but nonetheless, uh, you know, he, he gets uh, beat by James Barnes. Uh, got to give credit to Barnes who improves to 11 and three in his career, getting the win over, uh, Albert Morales in this one. So, uh, you know, Morales now, uh, what's four straight fights. Four straight losses, I should say, that he's had uh, five of his last uh, six fights, I think. Um, yeah, not not looking good uh, here as far as his career. So maybe he's got to go back to the drawing board and, uh, you know, pick up some wins again. Because I like watching Albert fight. You know, he's a ve- very entertaining guy. Um, you know, I think he just needs to work on some things. But for Barnes, this was a big win over a UFC veteran. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he's a guy as well that, uh, you know, will we'll take advantage of getting the extra spotlight t- uh, tonight on the Golden Boy card. Um, other, other notes on this card. I mean, not much. There were some amateur fights. Um, there's actually two fights that haven't taken place yet, or there's a couple fights, I think that they're doing after the card, the post limbs as they call them. But, uh, overall, I mean, you watch this card for Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz. And I think, you know, this card was a little bit weird, had a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, the commentary was, was okay. I mean, there was, uh, you know, moments where Todd Grisham was talking about drawn when having Tom Lawler's face completely bloodied up when it wasn't. And, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, and, and then Rashad Evans, I think, uh, you know, saying that I, I think Chuck should be the favorite in this fight. I mean, come on, Rashad. I know you fought him. I know you probably don't like Tito that much, but clearly Tito would have been the favorite. And he was the favorite, like I mentioned, the betting favorite heading into the fight. So I thought that was, a, it was okay. The commentary wasn't horrible. It wasn't great, though. I think it was sort of somewhere in the middle as far as that goes. The production, I mean, my stream was completely fine the entire night. I thought that was good. Uh, you know, Fight TV definitely putting on a good product here. So we'll see what's next as far as Golden Boy goes. So, uh, yeah, guys, get your questions in. I'll, I'll definitely answer those, and then we'll get to the uh, UFC Beijing card. I know kind of a quick recap, but there wasn't too much really to talk about here as far as um, all that, uh, you know, 
all, all that we can say about this card and everything else. Um, you know, again, you, you paid for Chuck Liddell and Tito. That's that's pretty much what we got here. So uh, so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll kind of get to it there as far as the questions. Let's see what you guys got here. Uh, you know, we, we got a lot of people saying Chuck Liddell embarrassing himself. I mean, it certainly looked like that. I mean, I, but we can't blame him. He's forty eight years old, been out of the cage for so long. I mean, I don't think we were expecting anything amazing from Chuck Liddell in the cage. He just looked old and slower. I mean. Clearly, his mind is trying to do what he's it's trying to do. But when you know when Father Time kicks in, it's uh, it's pretty tough. Um, Aaron Nicholson says any state commission that gives Chuck a license to fight should be investigated. I agree. I mean this this fight re- realistically shouldn't have happened, uh, especially on Chuck Santito. I mean he fought you know what less than a year ago or was it was more than a year ago I should say. Um, you know even then you're kind of pushing the limits uh, when you get guys that are getting that old. But in Chuck's case especially because uh, you know in Tito's case. Yeah, you know, he came off a win and, you know, he had the loss to McGeary before that. But Tito, like there comes a point in a fighter's career where, you know, sometimes they just lose their chin and they start losing brutally. I mean, uh, Chuck's a great example of this. Uh, You know, the Franklin KO, the Shogun Hua KO, the Rashad Evans KO. You start adding those up. That's where you start to worry about CTE and a lot of those other things. So I can understand people having frustration with that. And I agree. I mean, realistically, this fight shouldn't have happened. It did. Chuck didn't look great. Tito gets the win. I think the only person that benefited in this entire situation, other than, uh, you know, Oscar De La Hoya to a certain degree, getting his name in there was probably Tito Ortiz or it was Tito Ortiz, I should say. Um, so yeah, a lot of people saying this is a joke. Uh, people saying Chuck looks old. Um, yeah. Uh, golden boy, more like old boy, uh, Samuel saying in the chat here, um, that, that, uh, Cole Shelton. And good to hear from you, Cole, my uh, friend over at uh, my coworker, I should say over at BJ Penn. He says, uh, Fernie Garcia, who fought on the card, texted me a video of the crowd. It was pretty full. He says about 13,000 in attendance. Well, that's good. I mean, I'm in favor of these types of cards. I'm not in favor of them making the Liddell Ortiz matchup, but I'm in favor of having cards that are driven by the fighters, uh, you know, more so than the promotion and giving fighters more options. I, I think having a guy like Oscar De La Hoya, while I think he didn't do a great job promoting the card or, you know, he didn't look good at the press conference, maybe hire a new PR person to, to handle your business. Business. But uh, but in general, I like the idea of you know having a strong name like Golden Boy that was synonymous in the boxing world doing MMA because you'll have fighters that potentially could get paid more and have their sponsors and, and get paid. And you know, like I said, Tito alluded to that after the fight in terms of you know getting uh, you know fighters over there and getting them to compete. And maybe this will change things a little bit because you, you want to see the fighters paid more. I don't understand these fans who don't want to see that. Uh, you want these guys to make a good living, especially with how much damage they're taking. So I'll just sort of leave it at that. Uh, what else do we got here? Um, Tito looked good. Chuck, much respect, but please retire. I mean, I don't know if Tito necessarily looked great. I, you know, I, I think Tito looked like he did in all of his other fights. I just think that Chuck's chin's gone. Um, so Tito took advantage of that and he, you know, he decided to box them. Tito, if you look at it, the other two fights he had against Chuck, you know, a little bit more tentative. And, and I don't blame him because back then Chuck was a wrecking machine. He was knocking everyone out left, right, and center. And, uh, you know, Tito had to be careful about that. So, I mean, it's understandable you could do uh, to check for that. Carlos Toro, good to hear from you, my man. He says, unless I see good buy rate for the show, at least 100,000 buys, I see no future for Golden Boy MMA. Seeing Liddell out there was sad. I agree with you on both points. And and I, I agree. I, I don't think the buy rate on this was very high. That's the other thing I didn't even mention about this. Um, you know, Fight TV, unfortunately, was not able to give the Black Friday special. Um, from what I was reading, they were supposed to have this card as a Black Friday special for $20. They ended up having to hike the price up, I think, to $40. And I know in Canada, it was almost $70 around there, $60, $70. So, um, yeah, the buy rate's probably not great. And uh, Carlos, uh, listen, if you guys aren't following Carlos Toro on social media, uh, I think it's Carlos Toro 360 on Twitter, uh, you got to be following this guy. This guy is so knowledgeable when it comes to boxing and, and his reports and everything. I always check out his stuff. As a casual boxing fan, he is my go-to guy. So if Carlos is saying uh, if they get at least uh, you know 100,000 buys and there's probably no future, I'm going to take his word on it. And I kind of would have figured that anyways because you know you, you can't you can't lose a lot of money and continue to do these shows and pay these guys. Right. So, um, old Sammy Ol says, is there a marker for older fighters? I mean, it depends on the fighters. I, I think there's a, a good section of the fans that will turn away from something like this. I mean, there were fans clearly that didn't watch this fight tonight out of the fact that they don't want to see two old guys get you know beat up or anything like that. I can understand, you know, that argument, but then the other side of it is, you know, they, they, they got to get people who are notable. I mean, you know, for example, I'm just trying to think of someone who's retired that could come back. Like, I don't know. I, I just think Chuck and Tito were two of the biggest names when MMA was sort of in its, uh, you know, in, in its period where it wasn't, you know, quite as popular as it was now. You could get away with getting people to watch them just based off name value alone. But I mean, who else out there is retired that you could, 
you know, say you want to see fight like anytime soon, like you just, you you, you can't do that or whatever. So I don't, I don't think there is that much of a market because I think it's so rare that you have a Tito and Chuck that have such big names and you can sort of market it that way. So, uh, and Carlos Toro agrees here. So there you go. Uh, what else we got here, guys, keep getting the questions in and then I I can get to UFC Beijing. Uh, you know, we will have to cover that at some point here. Um, but like I said, uh, in the meantime, we will answer your questions here. A lot of people feeling bad for Tuck for Chuck. Jeez, I'm talking uh, talking out of my uh, butt here. Uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Just started watching, and Tito finished Bader after Shamrock. Maybe you meant KO. Yeah, no, no. I, I said, I said, yeah. Sorry, uh, if, if I didn't say that off the top earlier. Uh, Tito Ortiz getting his first knockout uh, since 2006. Uh, his first, uh, he obviously submitted um, Chel Sonnen, and he obviously submitted Bader as well there too. Uh, the Bader fight was a was a uh, was a submission win, not a, a TKO win. He knocked him down, and then he submitted him. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, we got some stuff that has nothing to do with uh, the fight tonight. Someone's saying, uh, sounds like Mickey Gall wants to fight Mike Perry. I do like that fight, but I'll talk more about that on Monday. You guys know what I'm talking about there. Uh, a lot of people saying, uh, you know, Chuck Liddell looking old, saying that he's fried, should not be fighting. I agree with you guys. I don't want to see Chuck Liddell fight anymore. Um, he just, he didn't look like he belonged in there. I think, you know, imagine if he fought someone that actually had you know legitimate ko power like tito doesn't isn't really known in his career even wasn't known for having you know power punching knockout power he was more of a ground and pound guy he was basically the guy that started you know sort of the ground and pound trend in mma and uh you know the fact that he went out there and just basically you know hit chuck and then sort of did the ground and pound um you know says everything so i mean tito wouldn't have been able to knock chuck down like that you know eight years ago that's for sure um you know uh, here we go. Tito looked in shape. I want to see him against Bisping. Gives Bisping an opportunity not to be remembered being KO'd. I mean, maybe. I think uh, I think Tito and uh, and and Bisping would be interesting. Of course, Tito coached him on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly, when it comes to MMA, I would rather guys side on the caution of, or, or you know, be on the caution, uh, be on the side of, uh, you know, retiring uh, as opposed to getting back in there. Why? Why risk it? I mean, we see so much information right now in CTE and everything else. No point in trying to get that extra payday. If anything, I think these guys should be going out and being ambassadors or doing more, uh, you know, promotional stuff because there there is an interest. There's sort of a nostalgic interest for uh, you know seeing these guys, you know, at appearances and things like that. So, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, we can see Rich Franklin return. I see someone in the chat mentioning that again. I mean, it's possible, but. I really don't want to see these guys come out and, and do sort of the older circuit. And, you know, let's be honest. I don't think Franklin has the type of name that sort of a Liddell and Ortiz does. Yes, he was a UFC champion, but, um, you know, Chuck was was huge back in the day. I mean, Chuck was the UFC. Tito was the UFC. Rich Franklin, yeah, he was a popular guy. He coached the Ultimate Fighter. You know, he's. I, I'm sure if you mention him to most people, they know who he is, but he's, he doesn't hold the name value that Chuck and Tito does. So I don't think there's any reason to do that. And for Bisping... Yeah, I guess maybe see if he's got gas left in the tank. I mean, he was still fighting, but I mean, Bisping took a brutal knock, a brutal finish in his last fight too. So that's not good. Um, I, I like these questions you guys are giving me, but um, let's um, let's let's get to the Beijing card. I'm going to recap that real quick. Um, well, not real quick. I'll get sort of in as, as much as I can, and I'll answer the rest of your questions here, which are which are great. So um, let's see uh, let's see what else we got here as far as the uh, the card. I'm just going to retweet this here real quick um let's see here i don't think we'll be getting uh sean ross sap tonight so uh, it'll just be me solo so hopefully that's uh cool with you guys i don't mind uh chatting here talking as much as i can let's get to the ufc beijing card so i did not watch this live i was one of the smart people i uh watched it in less than an hour on fight pass just sort of going through it but uh let's talk about the main event bit of a shocker bit of a well, okay i i will say if you looked at Francis Ngannou's last two performances, it was a little bit surprising to see the way the fight went down. But Francis Ngannou uh, getting the first round finish over Curtis Blades, uh, 45 seconds, even less than the first time they fought. Uh, Francis Ngannou is back in business. He gets the first round finish over Curtis Blades. And uh, this Francis Ngannou needed this. I mean, a third straight loss. Who knows what would have happened? The UFC clearly wasn't happy with him with that performance against Derek Lewis at UFC 226. So he gets the first round finish over uh, Nagano and poor Curtis Blades. I mean, I was just thinking about this today, you know, Blades and Alexander Volkov, both, you know, coming off huge wins earlier this year, Volkov over Verdum and then Blades over Overeem. And uh, now both of them will not be fighting for a title next because, well, they weren't anyways because of Brock Lesnar, but now they have to both go back to the drawing board and uh, Nagano gets an impressive win here. This looked like the old Nagano clearly has his confidence back. It looked like he kind of caught Curtis on the back of the head, which, you know, is one of those things that can happen. Curtis went down immediately. Some people saying that it was an early stoppage. I don't, or sorry, a, um, uh, uh, yeah, early stoppage. 
I don't think that was the case. I thought that uh, it was a fair stoppage here in Nagano uh, earning the win here. And now uh, this really opens things up again because, you know, you, you have some fresh matchups here. Um, you know, Nagano potentially could fight for the title again uh, if need be. Um, you know, if Lesnar can't fight or there's something that happens, he could be a backup. Um, some people suggested Stipe. Absolutely not. I don't want to see that rematch with him and Stipe because Stipe just beat him earlier this year. That doesn't need to happen. Fresh matchups are what I'm looking at here for Nagano, um, who, you know, it, it helps the division in a way because he was a guy that was entertaining. He was getting these first round finishes. So for him to go out there and finish Blades was, was good. And for Blades, you got to feel for him, man. I think if Brock Lesnar doesn't show up at, uh, you know, the UFC card in, in the summer at UFC 226, Blades is probably fighting Cormier and... Not only does that not happen, he loses this fight against Nagano, but uh, just disappointing performance for Blades. Made a mistake. Uh, he ends up getting caught caught with a, a shot here. And the thing is, we didn't really learn much about Nagano, you know, because, of course, the last two fights, the, the fight against Stipe, the fight against uh, Derek Lewis, I mean, you know, there were issues in those fights. You know, his cardio, his, uh, you know, there was a lot of things we didn't know because this fight ended so quickly. Clearly, we know one thing. Nagano still has his knockout power, still can finish anyone in that division in the first round, including Curtis Blades, who, uh, you know, it's only his second loss. He's got two losses now, both the Francis Nagano. So this is a big win for Francis Nagano, uh, puts him right back in the driver's seat. And for Blades, it is back to the drawing board. Now, this was a surprise, I think, to some. And the betting, uh, you know, public agreed because he was an underdog and he ended up coming through here. And that is Alistair Overeem getting the first round finish over Sergei Pavlovic. Uh, Overeem again, back in the driver's seat as well, just like Nagano. Uh, he get he gets a finish here. Uh, and this was sort of the old Overeem that we saw in this, uh, in this matchup. Um, you know, we've seen Overeem have some underwhelming performances in the past. Um, but you know, two straight losses to Nagano and Blades gets, uh, avoids three straight losses. Um, you know, cause he hasn't uh, lost three straight since uh, 2007 back in pride actually. So he avoids that there. Overeem looked good in this fight. You know, it should be noted, as you guys know, if you watch the interview here on Fightful uh, leading up to this card with Curtis Blades, that Alistair Overeem was training at uh, Elevation Fight Team in Colorado. So I think that certainly helped in this fight. Overeem seemed to have his confidence back. And Pavlovic loses for the first time in his career. He was 12-0 heading into the fight. He's now 12-1. So back to the drawing board here. I saw some people saying this was bad matchmaking. I disagree. You know, I think if Pavlovic had had a one, it was a good win over a former UFC champion. And, you know, he's a young guy, 25 years old. You know, he'll be back to the drawing board. Clearly, the competition he was fighting outside the UFC, not up to par with what is happening in the UFC. And Overeem certainly proved that getting the finish here. So Overeem back in the driver's seat as well. But, I mean, realistically, how many more fights does Overeem have here? 38 years old. Um, you got to wonder how much gas is left in the tank for him at this point. Um, you know, a little bit... Uh, you know, at the very least, there's some interesting matchups here. You know, would you do the rematch against him and Nagano? I mean, that fight isn't even a year old. I, I don't know if I want to see that. You know, we're doomed suspended. I mean, who knows what's going to happen as far as what is next for Overeem. That's something I have to sort of look at the rankings and, and see sort of who is available. You know, you've got Alexi Olenek, who I think said wanted Nagano next. Olenek could fight Overeem as well. I mean, there's there's some options there as far as some of the top guys uh, in the division. Um, but yeah, good win for Overeem. Nice to see him get back in the win column. He's a marketable guy and the UFC has certainly needed that because Pavlovic, I mean, he's sort of an unknown at this point. Uh, so he'll, he'll have to go to the, back to the drawing board there. Yudong Song getting the win over Vince Morales. Uh, Morales, a newcomer, lost on contender series, ended up picking up a win or two on the regional scene and is back in the driver's seat and loses in this short notice opportunity. Song looked good in this one, uh, getting the victory improves to 14 and four. Um, I thought this was a, a good showing from Song and, and nothing surprising here. What's that? Six straight fights right now, win streak. Song will probably get up a, you know, another uh, step up in competition after this one. But uh, it was a good night for the, for the fighters from China here tonight. And sticking with that, uh, Jingling Li getting a third round finish over David Zawada. Uh, Li, this guy's always entertaining. I always like watching this guy fight, always getting the finish uh, in most cases. And uh, he certainly does that here, improves to 16 and five. Um, you know, good, good win here for the leech. That's two straight now. Uh, what is it? Five of his last, uh, what is it? No, six of his last seven, actually. The only loss in between there, Jake Matthews at UFC 221 earlier this year. Uh, I'd like to see Lee fight, you know, North America, do some more fights there, but it was a good win for him here. How about Alex Morono? Uh, this was, I love this fight. Um, you know, going out there, getting a decision over Keenan Song. Uh, Morono, uh, you know, certainly put it all out there. He was bloodied up and bruised after the fight was over. Uh, just an entertaining matchup in this one. And uh, I was really impressed with the way he was able to bounce back after that loss to Jordan Mean. Um, and, and Morono, if you saw here on Fightful when we did the pre-fight interview, you know, was training at Fortis MMA. I think that definitely paid off. You know, he looked good in this one. So, uh, you know, Morono back in the driver's seat, climbs to 15 and five. And for Song, uh, he drops to 14 and five uh, on his career. And uh, Song right now, 
uh, has his two fight win streak snapped. Uh, Morono certainly a lot of upside here. I, I, you know, curious to see who uh, he matches up against next, but only 28 years old. So, you know, we'll see sort of what is in store for Alex Morono. Um, Rashad Coulter moves down to 205. Now I know he missed weight, but he ended up getting the decision here. Takes out uh, Yazong Hu, uh, who falls to three and two. Uh, Coulter getting his, uh, I guess this is his second win in the UFC, is it not? Or is it his first one? No, his first one, actually. That's right. He didn't get a win in the UFC. So uh, Rashad Coulter getting his first UFC victory here. Snaps a three-fight losing streak. You know, it's not often we see guys get brought back after a three-fight skid. And uh, Coulter took advantage of that. The Daywalker getting the win. Like the post-fight she- speech, a lot of class there. I thought that was really good. So Coulter, I mean, realistically, 36 years old, probably not a huge ceiling for him in the light heavyweight division. But, uh, you know, entertaining guy did what he had to do to get the win. So that was nice to see Coulter get in the win column. Now, we got to talk about uh, Zhang here on the uh, on the prelims. Uh, making quick work of Jessica Aguilar. It's funny. I saw a lot of people on the, uh, you know, sort of leading into this fight saying, oh, I can't believe Aguilar's the underdog. But Aguilar, man, uh, you know, she is... Uh, not look like the fighter we thought she would in the UFC. Some bad luck in there, though, too, because, you know, she had to fight Claudia Gaudet in her debut. She had some injuries in there. You know, she'd been away for a while, um, you know, coming off that win over Jody Escobar. But Zhang, uh, this is a prospect to watch out for. She looked great in this one. Uh, 29 years old, uh, you know, gets the uh, first round armbar in this one. And Aguilar got really beat up in this fight. And for a one round fight, it was pretty brutal uh, to see that happen. So, uh, you know, Zhang, Zhang looking good though. A lot of potential there. Again, I told you it was a good night for China as well. Uh, Pingyan Lu getting the split decision win over Martin Day. I don't think Martin Day actually lost this fight. I kind of feel bad for him. He falls to nine and three. I think he could have given. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. That one today uh, as well, but uh, Lou gets the uh, gets the win there. I realize I'm butchering some of these names, but uh, it's going to happen here. Uh, Yan gets the win over Kondo. Uh, again, Yan looks like pretty solid prospect as well. Ten and one record. Kondo, uh, you know what can you say? Falls to six and two here. Um, you know this is just another setback for her. Probably, I don't know if she'll. She might get one more in the UFC. She's you know one and one and two now in the promotion. So we'll, we'll see if they give her another one. But Yan looking very impressive in that matchup. Uh, Kevin Holland, I love this fight against uh, John Phillips. Phillips really durable. You know, I think Holland. Uh, if you looked at this fight on paper, he was a sizable favorite heading into the matchup. Um, you know, I think some people expected maybe an early finish, but Phillips hung in there, man. He looked good. Holland going for a lot of submission attempts on this one and a lot of finish opportunities, and that didn't happen. It took him all the way to the third round, and Holland gets the submission win in this one Holland getting his first UFC victory and good for him because uh you know what not a great performance on contender series gets that short notice fight against Tiago Santos where it was a bit of a mismatch or it certainly was a mismatch but Holland made him made a made a you know a fight out of it and he gets his first UFC win here the thing I loved about this fight though with Kevin Holland was uh you know the talking in the cage I don't know if you guys could hear him definitely talking some crap uh you know and then after the fight i'd love to figure out what he said but i know uh phillips is an sbg guy so you know uh holland mentioned something about proper 12 i, I like this kid i think he's great i think that he's a definitely a fresh of uh breath of fresh air uh in the uh, middleweight division sorry i'm stumbling my words a little bit here a little bit tired i guess but uh yeah kevin holland looked great in this one um don't know who you match him up against next but he's a guy they got to build in that division good personality good fight style i'm very impressed with kevin holland and how about Lewis Smolka opening up the card here, getting a uh, second round submission uh, in the fight over the uh, 22-year-old uh, Majeri. I believe that's how you say it. Um, Smolka, you know, snapping. Uh, well, I shouldn't say snapping. He gets his fourth straight win. Of course, he had four straight losses in the UFC. Got cut last year, was brought back in less than a year, and now he gets his fourth straight win at bantamweight. Smolka looked great. Very emotional after the fight. Um, you know, anyone who's sort of been following his story, battling some alcohol addiction, was able to overcome that, moved his entire family from Hawaii to California. Looks like it's paying off him training at Team Oyama, getting the win, second round finish, like I said, 
over, uh, you know, pretty game uh, prospect here. And, uh, you know, I don't know what's next for him, but good to see Smolka uh, back in the UFC. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Louis Smolka was, you know, headlining a UFC card and uh, defeating Patty Houlihan. I remember that on the Ireland card. It looked like there was a lot of potential there. And then, you know, he ran into some bad luck fighting some tough opponents. Brandon Moreno, Ray Borg, Tim Elliott, Matt, Matthias Nicolau. And uh, now he gets the win here. So good story for Louis Smolka and uh, excited to see what is next. Guys, let's get to some questions here. I know you guys have been asking a lot of stuff, so we'll, we'll definitely get to it. Everything is game. I know I kind of rushed through that, but nothing really notable on that China card, to be honest, other than, you know, Naganu and Overeem. So, uh, you know, if I missed anything, my apologies, but I uh, just wanted to sort of, uh, you know, give you guys a little taste of uh, what you can expect there as far as all that goes. Um, what do we got here? Uh, we've got, uh, let's go to some questions here. So you guys got a lot of stuff. Anything's game at this point. I'm cool to talk about whatever for a little bit longer. Um, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Uh, what do we got here for questions? Uh, what do you think is next for Francis and Curtis? I have my own thoughts for an article on BJ Penn. That is called uh, a teaser there. Cole, I like that. Cole Shelton submitting that question. So what is next? Let me go look at the rankings here and I will figure out what is next for both fighters. I don't mind the Alexia Linux fight against uh, Nagano. I think that might not be too bad. Olenek needs to make some noise. I mean, he's had some good wins. He beat Mark Hunt in his last fight. Um, you know, good win. But, um, you know, win over Francis would be even better. Can he submit a guy? It would be a great fight, right? Grappler versus striker. So, sorry, I'm going to fighting or listing. I don't know why I have so much trouble looking on this uh, on this website here. There's some weird thing going on here with... Uh, Let's see here. Ah, oh, here we go. I got the rankings up finally. Okay, so let's see. Blades loses. He was number three. And who should he fight next? I mean, yeah, maybe you do. Is Orlovsky fighting anyone next? Maybe you give him sort of a notable guy like that. Give Orlovsky one more kick in the can. Orlovsky's coming off that loss to two of Asa. Is he not? Or is he coming up? No, he, he, you're right. He lost another fight in between there. Darn. Oh, and he's fighting Walt Harris anyways. What am I talking about? I think a lot of these guys are matched up. If Stefan Struve is still kicking around, maybe you do a fight with him. But I know that's a really lower ranked opponent here. But a lot of these guys are already booked up here. I mean, you could do, if you wanted to, to really see who's you know improved more, you could do Volkov and Blades. But you kind of kill off a contender there. I mean... Olenek's got to fight one of these guys. Blades already fought Olenek, so maybe you do Olenek and uh, and Naganu next, and then you do Blades and, um, I don't know, maybe Orlovsky, or sorry, uh, Struve. Or Justin Willis, if he beats, um, if Justin Willis beats Hunt, maybe do Blades and Blades and Willis. That would be an interesting fight. So we'll see. I mean, there's not a lot of options right now. All these guys that I'm looking at here are booked up. Stipe doesn't have a fight, but Stipe shouldn't have to fight either loser or there. I think Stipe deserves a more notable guy just with his body of work that he did in the heavyweight division. Uh, Derek Lewis is out there, but Derek Lewis is probably going to want to take some time off. You know, he had two fights very close together. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Curtis Blades and, um, and Lewis. That'd be an interesting fight. So yeah, I guess I'll go with Blades. I'll go, um, you know, Struve or, or Willis if he beats Hunt. And then uh, Nagano, I'll go Olenek. So that answers your question there, Cole. Uh, what else we got here, guys? Get your questions in. I'll be answering this for the next little bit. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, da, 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 da. Anderson Silva versus Israel Adesanya. Yeah, I saw this earlier. Um, I'm not a fan of the fight. I, I understand that the idea here is, you know, you hope that Adesanya goes out there and gets a highlight reel finish. And then you can sell the fact that Adesanya finished a former UFC middleweight champion. I get that, but come on. I mean, as Adesanya just, he dominated Brad Tavares in the summer. And I thought Tavares was, you know, getting close to that contender status. And, you know, Adesanya dominated him. And then he beats Brunson in the first round. He finishes him. Very impressive win. Now he's fighting Silva, who's not ranked. No momentum on Silva. I did a video on this on my YouTube channel. You guys can check it out uh, at Lynch on sports. You can find me on there, but basically I just feel like uh, this is kind of wasted momentum. I, I, I know it buys some time for Israel. I know he wanted to fight, but what's wrong with matching him up against Jacare? Is Jacare injured? What, what's the deal there? Do they, are they worried that Jacare could beat Adesanya? Even if he did beat Adesanya, Adesanya is young enough that you could still, he could lose a fight or two and the middleweight division would love to have him fight for a title at some point. I mean, I, I don't see the issue there, but to me, there's three other guys you could have given him. You could have given him Jacare, could have given him Luke Rockhold if Rockhold wants to stay at 85. You've got UL Romero, and you know you could have even done Paulo Costa to a certain degree, but you know you kind of kill a prospect there with Costa. But 
I mean, I get why the UFC is doing the Anderson Silva matchup, but I, I would have rather liked to see. I think Adesanya has earned more than an Anderson Silva fight because Anderson's no nowhere near the guy that was head kicking Vitor Belfort in the face. And you know, uh, I mean, he went here. Let's let's do some MMA math here. I mean, Silva went to a split decision against Brunson, a fight that he arguably didn't win, in my opinion. And you know. Adesanya starches Brunson in the first round. Why are they fighting? I mean, Adesanya is going to be a huge favorite in this fight. And the flip side, what happens if Anderson wins? Then you're going to give him a title shot against Whitaker. You really want to see that? I don't know, man. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a fan of the fight. I get why they do it, but I'm not a fan. Uh, what was your folk oh, in the cage with Bards? Good to hear from Carlin Bardsley, my former co-host. He says, "What was your fun factor in the Cheeto versus Chuck versus UFC Beijing?" Well, the fun factor was definitely more in uh, Chuck versus Tito. Uh, the Beijing card, I didn't really get to experience it like most people did. I didn't stay up at three in the morning. Being a dad, really tough to do that. So I, uh, I, I just watched the card on Fight Pass this afternoon, and definitely glad I did that because I got to zoom through things. Um, yeah, Chuck Tito was way more fun. You know call me nostalgic a little bit, but I kind of, I was into the whole, you know, the fight. Listen, I'll, I'll say this. The Chuck and Tito fight was made. It shouldn't have been made, but it was made. So, okay, I got to get into it. So as, as the entrances were coming, I know some people are making fun of the music and this and that, but I kind of was excited because it's one of those things where you don't know what's going to happen. So to me, you know, I kind of like these kind of clunky cards where, you know, you have these random matchups and you had some, you know, uh, subpar commentary and everything else. And I, I like cards like this. To me, it's interesting to see sort of what, uh, you know, they can come up with. And uh, to me, the, the fun factor was definitely more in that. I mean, the, the, the Beijing card, you know, it was, it was a, it was a good card, but it, it doesn't have that sort of intrigue that, that this card had because no one really, I mean, okay, I shouldn't say that people know probably what was going to happen tonight that Chuck was going to lose. Um, but you know, you never know. It's a fight. Anything can happen. Right. So I'd say Tito versus Chuck was way more fun. Uh, hey, if DC fights Lester and the title is vacated, are we going to see Francis versus Tipe too? Because Lewis lost and Blades got finished in 40 seconds. Um, no, I like I don't think Francis uh, gets a title shot any uh, after that win. I don't. Um, I, I know you know it was impressive. You obviously took out a you know, the number one guy, but to me, I think Francis because he had that bad fight against Lewis. I don't think he's back in the driver's seats for a title shot. I think he probably gets a notable guy um next but um no i i don't, I don't think francis i i think if if dc fights lesnar and the, and the title's vacant i think you see uh stipe versus i don't know i just i can't see them doing the francis fight just because it's so soon right like that fight happened this year i know it was the beginning of the year but it still happened this year i just don't see them doing that fight i think stipe would fight uh i, I and i know it's slim pickens now that i'm saying it you know it, it's not much to offer here i mean I don't know. It, well, I'll tell you what. If JDS beats, um, what's his name? Who's he fighting? I'm completely drawing a blank. He's fighting on the uh, tough finale. Oh, Tuavasa. Okay, so if JDS gets past Tuavasa, Tuavasa, that may, maybe he gets that shot against Stipe because uh, you know I know they fought already, but that fight at least is further behind. I don't know. They, 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 okay, I shouldn't say they won't, but. I, I think there's a strong possibility that you won't see Nagano fight Stipe for a vacant title. I just don't see that happening. So just getting a tweet out here. Can't multitask, guys. Sorry. Sean Rossap has me beat there. He can definitely do that. Get your questions in, guys. I'll try and answer all of them. Uh, let's see here. Lots of good stuff coming up. Does Holloway make weight? Does Jones lose a step? Can't wait. Uh, does Holloway make weight? I would think so. He has lots of notice for this fight. Uh, you know, hopefully it's enough time off. I mean, that whole thing at the uh you know, what happened in the summer at 226 where he had to pull out of the fight with Ortega and you know, all the rumors about him potentially having a stroke and all these other things. I mean, that was concerning because the weight cut. I have to think Holloway is going to make weight because he's had a lot of notice for this fight. So, I mean, you know, we're talking this fight was made, you know, well before October, I think. So, I mean, he should make weight. Does Jones lose a step? It's tough to say. I mean, people forget Jones didn't look great first when he fought um, when he fought Cormier. I mean, Cormier was arguably winning that fight before Jones got the finish. So I think Jones will probably lose a step, but so will Gustafson. Gustafson hasn't fought in forever. So, um, so yeah, that's that. Uh, one SS, I thought Overeem was a strike force champ, not the UFC. Uh, yeah, Overeem was never a UFC champion. I don't believe I said that. So if I did, uh, I apologize. But yeah, he was never, um, he's never UFC champion. Uh, what else? Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see here. Ortega looks like a movie star. He's pretty good. He's pre- he's a pretty boy. Good for media interviews. Yeah, Ortega is actually a good interview. I got to interview him at uh, 226 in the media scrum. 
blah, blah, blah. It would be cool to see Kung Lee be a trainer at the new Performance Institute. Oh, with the China thing being built. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But I don't think he's doing anything with the UFC anytime soon. He's part of that whole union that's trying to get fighter rights and all that. So I don't think the UFC is inviting him back anytime soon. That's for sure. Uh, but it would be cool to see him do that. Uh, da, 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 da. Kevin Holland is entertaining, but I also remember when he got uh, almost got Tiago in an armbar. Yeah, that's true. Very entertaining. Cole Shelton, I'm not sure what if you know, but the UFC is heading to ESPN+. Plus. Well, of course I know that, Cole. Come on. I don't live under a rock here. What do you think that means for Fight Pass? Do they expect, do they expect fans to pay for streaming to, for two streaming sites? Yes, they do. Because you know what? They do so many events as already. They expect fans to pay for every pay-per-view too. Someone added up the cost, it, it, you know, how much it costs for, per year to be a fight fan with the pay-per-views and everything else. I think it's something like three grand or something crazy like that if you add up everything with Fight Pass and all that. So yeah, I don't think they care about fans having to pay for more. Fight Pass is clearly going strong. I know like Titan FC and a few other promotions re-upped with them. So it's not going anywhere. They might still do some cards on there as well. I don't know. Because, you know, the ESPN Plus cards, they're not going to, I doubt they're going to show like a China card in ESPN Plus at like two in the morning. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they, they might still do that for Fight Pass. Maybe, maybe they will, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I don't know enough about the ESPN thing. Aaron Bronsetter, my friend at TSN, who does, you know, which is like the Canada ESPN, um, he, he would know better than me. But uh, I, I think I think they will expect fans to pay for both because, again, Fight Pass isn't going anywhere, like I said. So there you go. What is up with Vitaly Minikov? He's undefeated and beat Alexander Volkov. Uh, he's with he's back with Bellator. He's he uh, signed with uh, Ali Abdelaziz and there he's fighting in Bellator. I think he's fighting the winner of the heavyweight tournament. Give Adesanya Luke Rockhold. I agree. I would have liked that fight a lot better than uh, than Anderson Silva. I you know I've seen some mixed reviews on the Silva fight, but I'm not a fan of the Silva fight. What happens if Connor loses the Cowboy? Well, Connor's stock would go down the drain. I mean, you can't have a star like Connor lose two fights. We saw what happened to Ronda Rousey. That completely killed her stock in the UFC. So, um, yeah, that's just something to point out as well. Uh, but I think Cowboy's a winnable fight for for Connor, especially if it's at 155. The weight cut with Cowboy, um, and you know, I know Cowboy has a pretty good ground game, but not as not as much like there's not as much of a grappling threat with Cowboy as there was with Habib. So, I think it would be more difficult for Cowboy to get Connor down than it was for Habib. So, uh, I think that's more of a winnable fight. What is going to happen with Yoel Romero? He's 41 and probably going to, not going to get another title shot when Whitaker is still champion. Well, it, I agree. So, and which is why I didn't really understand the, um, uh, you know, the, uh, I, I think it, to, to me, I think at this point, Romero might want to try his hand at 205. I think there might be more life up there for him because uh, 205 is a mess. I mean, Anthony Smith might get a title shot next. Who knows? Just with how little there is going on in the division. I mean, Thiago Santos beats Manua. He could be up there for a title shot. You've got Jan Blachowicz. You've got Reyes. I mean, it's the Wild West right now. So I think it doesn't hurt going up to 205. And I think Rockhold should go there too. And in the cage with Bards uh, says, Chuck versus Tito was way more fun than UFC Beijing. 100%. Proving again that capitalism is better than communism. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, it would have been better if Chuck versus Tito was on DAZN. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, but, you know, Fight TV, they, I was impressed. Everything worked uh, really well tonight on my end. The fight should have never happened. I agree with that. If Lesnar wins, I really want Kane to return. And funny how there were the how the last fights were at UFC 200. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, I you know I I don't know if I want Kane to return to be honest because Kane is not going to look anything like the Kane we've seen before. He's had injuries. He's had layoffs. He's getting older. I don't think that's very smart there. So that's uh, that's that. Who would be the backup for Ortega Holloway? So interesting you mentioned this because um, Hinato Moicano is still on the card. It looks like he's staying on the card because, I mean, they've announced that I, they had a the UFC had something on their broadcast uh, last weekend that had Moicano on there saying against a TBA opponent. So I don't think they would have put that on there if they weren't planning on getting him an opponent. So I think Moicano's the the backup for Ortega Holloway. But you, you're right about Aldo. He is he doesn't have a fight booked, and um, he might be the backup. And sometimes the UFC just doesn't mention that. Uh, I think it was. Actually, this summer, um, Stipe in DC, the backup fighter for that card was Alexander Volkov. He had to weigh in. Uh, I remember being at another card. I think it was the middleweight title fight uh, or something where Jacare weighed in. I mean, they've had situations like this before. So, uh, yeah, it's probably Aldo or Moicano if they get him an opponent, which I think they will. Uh, would you be okay if Chuck Liddell did grappling contests? Yes, because uh, there's no head trauma with grappling. As you know, I know you can get hit in the head. There, there are accidents that can happen, but the chance of head trauma is very slim. Uh, whenever you all fights, it's always a good show. That's that. I agree with that. 
All right, guys, uh, keep getting your questions in. I'm going to hang around here for a little bit longer. We'll see what happens. Again, I'm on Pacific Coast time, so it's not too bad here. I know it's 1 a.m. Eastern time, but uh, Pacific time, a little bit earlier here, although I would like to get to sleep at some point. But uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I, as far as the, you know, I'll say that, um, you know, again, I thought the, uh, I thought the Chuck Tito card, you know, it was fun, but it's a fight that shouldn't have happened. It did happen. We had to watch it. I thought it had a little bit of everything. I kind of like these sort of, unknown promotion cards you know like it's not to say that golden boy isn't prevalent but i think the production like we didn't know what to expect from this card and it i, I don't mind cards like this you know i just wish they, they'd lower the price um you know i was lucky i had a media pass to watch this card so you know i was kind of lucky there but uh uh you know if i had to pay 60 dollars canadian for this card ugh, that's a tough sell for something unknown um uh, but you know i enjoyed it now that i got to watch it and everything like that uh is there really rumors on crown gracie to ufc since uh roger gracie um yeah, I've heard rumors about it. I don't know if that's actually going to come to fruition. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, I, I, apparently that was the rumor. So you never know. Thoughts on Chuck. Oh, here we go. Carlin's got another question. Ch- thoughts on Chuck Tito announcing. I thought Rashad was good. Frank was told to smile and overcorrected. And whoever was the play-by-play guy was just awful. Well, Todd Grisham was the play-by-play guy. Play-by-play guy. He was also the former UFC play-by-play guy. Um, and, and that's, um, uh, you know, that, that's that. Um, so yeah, I think it was, um, I thought Rashad was good, except I didn't like his comment about how he felt that Chuck should have been the favorite. I mean, that was just bad on his part. Frank was Frank. I like Frank on commentary. I thought he was good. I mean, he had a couple of missteps, but that's going to happen. He doesn't commentate very often. And Grisham. Yeah. I mean, Grisham had some moments. I don't know. He's not a fan of everyone. I thought he did an okay job. I thought the commentary, it wasn't great. It wasn't horrible. It was somewhere in between. That's, that's sort of how I rate it there. Uh, someone's saying Chuck fake getting knocked out. I don't think so. Why would Chuck want to lose? I mean, come on. Like that doesn't make any sense. Tito was a huge favorite heading into this fight too. So um, you know, that's that it's interesting seeing a different production team at work. I kind of like it. Lighting was off at times. Oh, what did you guys think about the blue uh, canvas? I didn't like it. I thought that looked weird. Just like when the UFC did a yellow canvas for UFC 200. I didn't like that either. So, um, yeah, just stick with just a regular gray canvas, you know, don't have to complicate things. Um, so far, what card is better on January 26th? UFC 233 with TJ Cejudo, Askren Lawler, or Bellator with Bader, Fader, Lovato Jr. and Pico fighting. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, the the TJ Cejudo fight's very intriguing, but if we're going with star power, I mean, I got to think Bellator's got it. I mean, you're asking Cole, you're asking the guy who's the biggest Gegard Mousasi fan around. Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm going to actually try and go to that Bellator card in LA. Um, I'm thinking about going now that I live on the West Coast. It's actually not that far of a trek for me. Um, I, I would go cover that over the 233 card for sure. As far as name value, I'm excited for Askren's debut. It sucks that he's fighting Lawler because, you know, there's going to be no buildup to the fight and Lawler's a brawler and Askren's a wrestler. Askren would just take him down. I'd rather see him test himself against someone a little bit more well-rounded. The TJ Cejudo fight's intriguing, but not the matchup I need to see more. But Bader versus Fedor is interesting because, you know, Bader's look great in Bellator. Fedor clearly has done his work as well getting to the final uh lovato jr i think is is a phenomenal fighter i think he'd be you know top 10 in the ufc for sure uh just with how good his submission skills is i i'm just very intrigued by that i think there's a chance lovato could beat gegard to be honest gegard's lost uh before by submission um so that's an interesting fight and aaron pico man he's fighting henry corrales that is an awesome fight corrales really uh turning things around in his bellator career pico looking amazing since losing his debut uh yeah i'm, I'm very excited here so um let's see here uh someone saying commentary got better through the night chef uh, fidago i agree uh one one sss saying i really enjoyed dan henderson versus bisping at 46 years old that made me cry yeah i mean the thing with henderson is he still had a puncher's chance and he, he actually knocked bisping down in that fight which you know just goes to show that anything can happen but uh, i don't want to see henderson fight either very mo- immobile <laughs> carlin says how the hell was chuck not fighting out of the blue corner ruined the whole mofa yeah and how come chuck didn't come out to dmx what happened there that was disappointing. By the way, I saw a lot of people making fun of Tito for coming out to Limp Biscuit. Um, I mentioned this in a tweet to Aaron Bronsetter. Uh, Tito used to come out to that song all the time. And if, I'm pretty sure he came out to that song when he fought Chuck the first time. It's kind of like a throwback thing. Back in the day, if you kids remember, Limp Biscuit was the shit and people used to listen to it all the time. So, uh, you know, that's, that's why Tito had that entrance song at the time. And I think him coming out to it was just sort of a throwback. I know people said it was awful. Look, you had to appreciate Limp Bizkit back in the day. It was huge. Everyone had the New York cap and backwards red and all that stuff. So that was that. 
Um, let's see here. Uh, what else we got? Um, yeah, people mentioning it's like the WEC. I, yeah, I guess, but for some reason the WEC canvas looked better. I think it was always always known, um, you know, with that. So, so that's that. But uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I didn't I didn't like the way they designed the canvas tonight. I guess with the blue, it didn't really look that good. All right, guys, I'm going to go on for another couple minutes. So just get your last sort of questions in here. Again, I appreciate you all watching. And while I got you here, definitely subscribe to the Fightful Boxing and MMA YouTube channel. Uh, It's all over the site. All my interviews, all my fighter interviews are over there. So you guys can check those out. I get to post them right away, which is great. Um, Did a bunch of good ones this week. So check that out. Um, We got Chef Fendagle saying the entrances hype me up main event but uh but man that fight sucked yeah i like the entrances too i wish they go back to the ramp i'm in the minority here i like the i like the you know the, the big entrances when they come in i know i guess they they don't do that in the ufc because of time constraints or something like that so i i understand that but uh I, I'm, I'm a big uh big fan of the, the the big entrances and all that uh we've got a question here with tyron cleaning out the welterweight is he going to be good at middleweights um well tyron hasn't cleaned out the welterweight yet because he's got to fight colby let's be honest here um, but, uh, but yeah, he'd be interesting at middleweight. He's, I mean, he's a smaller guy. He'd be like small in terms of stature, but he'd be great at middleweight. But yeah, that poses an interesting thing. I never really thought about Woodley going up to middleweight, but you know, if Askren's in the UFC now, he might have to because Askren and Woodley won't fight each other. They're friends. Cole Shelton, hypothetically Habib versus GSP at 165 pounds. Who wins? Habib. Habib, I would think would win. Habib's fought more. He, he looks unstoppable unless someone can somehow knock him out. And Connor wasn't able to. I don't think anyone touches Habib. I think he's that good. Um, and I don't think a 165 pound division happens either. I just don't. I think it complicates things. Everyone thinks it's so easy to do, but then you got to switch up the 170 division. You, you got to move things around. And then, you know, if you get more weight classes, I, look, I'll say this. If they could put in one division, I would I would say to do 165. But I just think do adding more weight classes complicates the sport and everything else. It's just too difficult. So, I would say, um, I would say no. Flinner says, Tony says he has fight news coming soon. Habib m- likely won't fight until March or April. So does that mean Tony isn't getting the next title shot? I hope not, man. Tony Ferguson should not have to fight anyone else other than um, Habib. He's done more than enough. The one guy who he might be fighting might be Dustin Poirier. Because Poirier has also done a lot to earn a title shot. He beat Eddie Alvarez. He's supposed to fight Nate Diaz. Apparently the injury he has, he's back in the gym already. Talked to Dan Lambert a week or so ago. It seems like that's going to happen. Uh, Carlin Bardsley says, Chuck Liddell versus Chuck Norris tomorrow. Who wins? Oof, that's tough. I'd probably go Chuck Norris. He hasn't been hit in the, in the mouth so much. Hasn't been knocked out as much. All right, guys. Uh, this was a blast. I want to thank, first off, Sean Ross Sapp for letting me take the helm here tonight over on Fightful. I really uh, appreciate it. And I want to thank you guys, especially for submitting your questions, watching here tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed the card, both cards, I should say, UFC Beijing and Liddell versus Ortiz. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Lynch on Sports. That's where I post all my interviews. So check that out as soon as you're done this. I'm also on Instagram on the same handle. So uh, definitely check that out. But the big thing I want you guys to take away from tonight, subscribe to the Fightful Boxing and MMA YouTube channel. So not this channel, the other channel uh, that we have going on. That's where you can find all of my fighter interviews. You can find Carlos Toro's news updates and his interviews as well, all the boxing stuff. So you guys got, we've got everything covered there for boxing and fighting. And uh, catch me on the parting shot. Monday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern time. You can find me on there on MMA Oddsbreaker as well. You can find me on the uh, Fightful MMA podcast, 2 p.m. Eastern time, here on this YouTube channel, here on Fightful.com. Guys, it was a blast. Thanks for joining me. I will see you next week. And uh, thanks again. Hope you guys have a great uh, early morning, I should say, or if you're on the West Coast time like me, a good evening. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for watching.